Hey, everybody, Dave Hagan here. The stock market's been down a bunch in the last month. What does that mean? I've got some thoughts on that. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Financial Wellness Podcast. You're listening to episode 505. I'm coming to you solo today from Woodland Hills, California, because there's some stuff that I want to talk about. So it's January 2020, and the stock market's been down a bunch in the last month. And it sounds so bad. It's kind of been bugging me, people talking to me about it. It's on people's top of mind. I mean, heck, I go to look at the uh, iPhone and uh, I look at the stock app, and all I see is numbers that are in red. It kind of freaks out. But I think one of the things that we need to think about or understand it's, it's been about 5% plus or minus. Now, do you think over the course of history, over a long horizon, that there might be a month that stocks could go down 5%? Well, of course. So look at it in the big picture. Don't freak out about it. And I thought this would be a good time then to spend some time revisiting this issue of investing and and specifically um, some things to think about in, in a down market. So here's a couple of my thoughts. First, start thinking about your overall strategy. You always start with your overall strategy. Is it a correct strategy for you? Are you out there playing short-term? Well, if you are, yeah, you're going to have a tough year ahead of you. You're already down 5%. You got a lot of ground to make up, but that's if you're a short-term player. And I'm hoping that most of our listeners are not. Are you a long-term player? If you're playing long-term, which we like, well, you're probably okay. This is just going to be, this is just going to be a blip. Well, what about if you're a long-term player that dabbles in crypto or options? Well, if you're dabbling in those things, chances are you're probably going to be okay too. Maybe not as good as a pure long-term player, someone that's looking at investing with a long horizon, but you're probably going to be okay too, because the vast majority of your money that you're investing is in long-term plays. So, um, Chances are you're going to be okay too. Now, you know, I got I got caught up in this. You know, a couple of weeks ago, you remember I started to, to stray a little bit and saying that I was uh, looking at stocks every couple of hours. And so I was getting away from my long-term strategy. I actually didn't move stocks around, but I was starting to look at things with a much shorter horizon, which is bad in my estimation. But you know, I, I confessed on air a, a couple months ago. So if you're playing long-term, remember, you don't have to look every day. If you, if you do look every day, you've got to uh, uh, totally uh, check yourself and say, well, I'm doing this for amusement. Because if you're playing long-term, you don't make decisions based upon what happens in a, you know, a, a, specific, a specific day. So um, go force yourself to think long-term if you're going to be serious about this. And you know, that that's one of the keys to financial wellness, I think. Have a plan. I talked about this last week. 
uh, have a plan, have a long-term plan. So the first thing that you do in a down market is you, you know, you start with thinking about your overall strategy. Am I following it? Have I chosen the, the path that's correct to me? And am I moving that plan forward on a big picture? Am I according to plan? Second, avoid common human psychology when you're investing. You know, human, human psychology is to sell when things are down. And that's the surest way to take a loss. I guarantee it. Stock, stocks go down and you go, oh man, I'm going to sell. I got to get out of that before I take any more loss. It seems like the human brain is, is programmed to avoid the, the torture of, of taking a loss. But that's the surest way to lose money is to sell on the dips. Don't give in to that human nature. Now, of course, if something's happened with respect to the economy, I mean, let's say we end up getting into a war. Let's say that, you know, a stock turns out to have a product that's got a real big problem. Although that's the time to reevaluate, but all other things being equal, if it's just going to be part of the overall market trend, you generally don't want to sell on the dips. I've felt this way the last couple of weeks. I see all that red ink and I go, geez, maybe, maybe I got to sell. Maybe I got to get out of this. And I, I've had to force myself to stick with my core principles and, and not sell out. I've got to trust the miracle of compound interest over time. Remember that? We've talked about compound interest several times and, and uh, uh, Albert Einstein saying that it was one of the wonders of the modern world. Um, so you need to avoid getting drawn down with common human psychology. You know, people have asked me the last couple of weeks, should I sell? Should I sell? What should I do? Should I sell? And my answer is, how the hell would I know? I don't know what your big strategy is. I don't know what you own. I don't know what your goals are. How would I know whether you should buy or sell? And I'm not going to give anyone that advice professionally. I'm, you know, I, I, I talk with people about stocks. I don't give them any advice per se. Certainly, I'm not on a for-pay basis. Um, so I do know, though, that generally it's not good um, to sell on the dips. You know, in fact, it's good to buy on the dips. The, ob the, ob the opposite is true. You know, I, I remember Buffett saying one time something like, the time to be greedy and buy is when others are fearful. Because when others are fearful, they're selling their stock. And if you think the company is still a good company, that becomes a time to buy. In fact, I heard someone say just last week, I heard them say, um, you know, hey, this is a great time because you know what? The, the stocks are down. Everything's on sale. I'm going to go out and get me some of that. Now, again, please bear in mind, I, I'm not giving any specific investment advice. I don't know your situation. I don't have an investment license. I don't want or need the liability to be giving that kind of advice. Uh, you need to do your own research or hire someone to do that for you. But you need to be clear about your big picture first. And secondly, not getting caught up in human psychology. And, you know, this is one of the reasons I'm a little shy about Robin Hood, that, you know, this whole psychology of investing. Um, I think Robinhood's great to get new investors to invest and to think about the market and to look at um, opportunities. However, I think, you know, people on Robinhood have a tendency to look more at their stocks day to day. And I don't think that's 
good. So if you're in Robin Hood, um, you know, I'm a little shy about it. Um, for those reasons, there's plenty of other um, platforms. But remember too, you know, with human psychology, you need to be patient. And I don't know that patience is an intrinsic part of the average person's psychology. It's certainly not part of mine. And I've got to work on that um, every single day, especially in, in today's world. We're all looking at things in 30 second segments, um, 30 minute segments, one hour segments, one day segments. And we need to be patient. We need to look at the big picture. We need to not get caught up in all this other, uh, what have I heard, Haza Gaza um, that everybody else is running around talking about. So that's the th second thing I wanted to say. Don't, don't get caught up in common human psychology. Avoid it in your investments as best you can. And then the third thing is, you know, hey, did you have the right investments to begin with? You know, I, I I hate to keep going back to Warren Buffett, but a couple of years ago, he said, think of investing as buying companies, not buying investments. And I think that's a great way to think about it. You know, Warren Buffett, perhaps the greatest value investor of our time. And by the way, um, just as an aside, 40%, 40% of his holdings are in Apple. Berkshire owns 5% of Apple altogether. And that's a company that he traditionally never wanted to invest in. He was never a fan of tech. And he started in 16 investing in tech. And now it's, you know, 40% of his holdings. I don't know, something to think about. We went to that shareholders meeting three years ago. I think we've talked about that on the podcast in the past. And uh, Tim Cook was there, I was pretty sure. And what does that tell you? I know they did a video just about Warren Buffett and Tim Cook and blah, 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 blah. I'm not, I'm not recommending Apple stock. And again, I wouldn't do that. I'm just giving you some things to think about. And Buffett went on recently to say, hey, when stocks go down, the time isn't to sell. The time to think or the, the, the proper thinking is, what's different about this company from a month ago? And if the company's intrinsically sound, there's no worry or no need to necessarily worry or sell. If you bought a company, if your investment was right to begin with, again, unless something major has happened in the market or with that particular stock, you probably want to hold on the dips. Just something to think about. You know, I was looking this past week, uh, Jim Cramer of CNBC, uh, just, just yesterday, by the way, and he issued a plea to young investors um, who may be new to the stock market and want to be, build long-term wealth. Um, he said, quote, I'm asking all these young investors who keep toying with options to please listen up, I'm begging you just own something, own it for the long term. The mad money said Buy two or three shares a month. If that's all you can afford, that's how I started reinvest the dividends over time. And you'll have a chance of making big money. That's Jim Cramer. I like a lot of what he says. Notice he didn't say. What Matt Damon has been saying as the cryptocurrency celebrity spokesperson when he says, fortune favors the bold. I'm very much more in the Jim Cramer camp than the Matt Damon camp. So a couple of things to sum it up. Uh, first, you, when things go bad, when things are going bad, first, how good is your overall strategy Two. Um, avoid common human psychology or resist that. And three, make sure you have the right investments to begin with. If you do that, 
you should be fine um, even when the stock market dips a little bit. Remember the the market, the S&P has gone up, what, an average 10, 11, 12% or something over the last 30, 40 years. If you look long run, if you have a long uh, horizon on your investments, if you make thoughtful investment strategies, chances are you're going to be just fine. This is Dave Hagan, and you're listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications. Let's listen in now as Dave answers some emails. All right. I've got an email here I want to read. It just uh, came in in the last couple of days and it says, Dave, I just graduated from law school. I have two good offers. The first is from the SEC. That's the Securities and Exchange Commission. I would need to live in D.C. I'm very interested in securities. However, they would pay me only $90,000 a year. The second is from a private law firm. I'd also have to live in Washington, D.C. The areas in which they practice seem sort of interesting, kind of a general business kind of firm. They indicated that my billing requirements would be quite high and advised me to prepare to make lifestyle sacrifices, whatever that means. The good news is they'd pay me $120,000 a year. What would you advise? Well, you know, um, here's my thought. I think the answer is a lot of it depends. A lot of it depends upon you. Uh, The easy answer is, you know, to go with the money. I mean, 90,000 or 120,000, gee, that's a tough decision. Either way, it's a winner but $30,000 more to go with the private law firm is pretty, pretty tempting. But I think it's really going to depend upon what you're thinking is long-term. And I would encourage you to do that. We talked about long-term stuff when we were talking about investing just recently. And I think long-term thinking with respect to your career is a good idea too. You know, experience from the SEC is gold for a later job. You can put the Securities and Exchange Commission on your resume. That's gold. You'll make more money later on in your career, chances are. Now, you can pass up some early money now, but you'll make it back later. And and working for the government is an honorable and, and rewarding experience. So I also think that lifestyle you need to look at in terms of long-term. Uh, you know, you, you get the money, you get the job for the money now, and you're not going to have a lifestyle with some some extra time to do the kind of things that you want to do, uh, to network with people and to hang out with people and to experience, you know, all that DC has to offer. There's a lot of really cool stuff back there. So, even in lifestyle, I think sacrifices um, that you make now will pay off, and that you'll have a little better uh, long-term life balance. So, to me. It's not as much about the money. It's about the total package. Just some things for you to think about. Either way, I think you're going to be in a good spot. But if it were me, I'd probably go with the SEC. Well, I think that's a wrap. 
Tune in next week. I want to talk more about the great resignation and what that all means. And uh, we'll get Nick in here, hopefully, and we'll go from there. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.